0: Joining me again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Uh, So, last episode, Simeon joined me and we talked about homeschooling and discipleship, really just sharing our hearts um, behind the model of education that we have chosen for our home, for our family, for our kids, which, uh, you know, no surprise, is home education. Um. So I pray that that was a blessing. Just sharing uh, our family and our story and how God has led us uh, to educate our kiddos. This episode gets super practical, nitty gritty. Um, shares our curriculum lineup, what we're doing right now, what we're loving, what we're enjoying. Um, and, and we are just loving school right now. You know, sometimes it ebbs and flows. Um, and, but we are just, we found a good rhythm. We found some great resources and we're having an absolute blast. So more on that coming, uh, in just a few minutes here on the podcast, as I show you our curriculum lineup, um, um, And then I mentioned in the last episode about kind of this little homeschool three-part episode series thing that we're doing on the podcast. Next episode, you're going to hear about homeschooling with babies and toddlers, what that looks like for me, how I try to make that um, practical and doable, and some tricks that I have learned along the way, some by trial and error. Okay, but first up, we're going to talk about what we're using In our homeschooling right now. So let me give a little bit of context. I know that in the States... Everybody's back to school. It's a brand new school year. New school year starts in August. So, so many people are talking about what they're uh, doing for school and what books they're using, what curriculum they're using. And I love seeing all those posts. It's really interesting being in Australia now and seeing all of that because Australia's school year is completely different. Our, our southern hemisphere, our seasons are completely opposite. So, uh, the school year starts at the end of the summer, just like the States, but our end of the summer is actually in January. Um, so the school year follows more of a calendar year going January to actually December. Um, so they follow more of a year round model of schooling. They divide into four terms between each term, um, is a nice two week break. And then I believe they get a four or five week break, Um, Kind of the Christmas slash summer. Um, But the summer break is a little bit shorter. Your breaks in between are longer. Um, We actually don't follow that anyway because we're a homeschool family. We do whatever we want. Um, But we do follow in the sense that our new school year starts... At the beginning of the calendar year, um, I do have to submit some things here um, to homeschool in Sydney, which that I probably should just do an episode on all the legal side of homeschooling and things, and I kind of share what's different here. But they're they're very homeschooling friendly. Uh, the lady that helps me with all of that there, it's called an AP. She has been great. We did like a video chat. Um, she really just loved our ideas of learning and education. So that was such an encouragement to me as a mom. Because some of what we do is a little bit outside the box. It's not your traditional um, Christian school or public school way of doing things. Um, So it was really nice to get her like full vote of confidence and support. Um, But anyway, so we do follow the school year in the sense of we start in January. And we kind of do a year-round schooling anyway. We don't really follow the breaks that the Australian school year has set up. Multiple reasons. One, because everything everywhere is packed because kids are on break. And I don't want to take a break from our school just to be like overrun on the playground with other kids and my kids not, you know, be able to find a swing. We'd much rather uh, go on break when everybody else is back in school so that we get everything to ourselves. Um, And just the way life is and being a ministry family, it works better for us to just do school when it suits and when we need to take a break. Then we just make the break work. Um, for example, my mother-in-law came back in May. Uh, she was here for three weeks. So we took off that three weeks. We took off from school. We planned for that. Um, so, you know, we worked a little bit of a longer stretch there at the beginning of the year, kind of from when we first got here at the end of January. We pretty much picked up with school right off. Worked right up until my mother-in-law came. Then we took that three weeks off. Um, we've done a little bit kind of here and there. Well, not, not really. We, I guess we took one week off um, since then. And then I plan to take a little bit of a bigger break kind of at Christmas in January. We'll probably take off almost all of January because I will be freshly postpartum and holding a newborn. So, all I plan for the month of January is to sit and cuddle a sweet baby. So, school will be on hiatus for January and we'll probably pick up with a new school year in February. Um, But anyway, all that to say, all that to give context when I am talking about what we're using in our curriculum, what we're using as far as resources. I'm, I'm looking at this next six months. I'm saying, okay, from this point here, well, maybe not even six months, from this point here in August to uh, our wrap-up of the school year, which will happen um, probably about two weeks, two, three weeks before Christmas, this is what we have planned. This is what we're currently doing, kind of working through that way. Um... And this is the lineup that we have. So for this really next semester, I guess, this is what we'll be doing. And I'm gonna share all of that with you. Um, A little bit more to give context. So, um, my oldest will be seven in November. Technically, I guess, I mean, if, if we went by the grade that she would fall in, if she went to a public school, she would be in first grade. I don't really know what grade she's in. Um, I mean, that's one of the beautiful gifts of homeschooling. We don't really have to define that even in the, the, um, like homeschools, uh, reporting and all that legal stuff. I don't really have to, uh, keep her, in a box, um, which was great. Like that was one of the things when I was talking to the AP, we were talking about this a little bit and she was like, you know what, if she's at a third grade level and something else and a kindergarten level and something else, like you just move at her pace. And as long as she is hitting, um, you know, some of the goals for her age group, um, which those goals are actually kind of like really basic. (laughs) Um, she's, fine. So that's that's what we do. And you'll see that reflected as I give this lineup of what we're working through. In some things, like in, in reading, uh, Eden's at like a fifth grade level, even though she's seven. Um, language arts, we're working like second, third grade level. Um, math, we're actually like over halfway through um, the second grade math book. Um, so just to give you a little bit of context, it's not like we're doing a box curriculum where everything she's doing is first grade. We uh, tailor that to each child. And that has been such a gift, which leads me into talking about my son, Knox. So Knox is about to turn five. Um, He will be enrolled in homeschooling here in Australia in the coming year. So in January, um, we will enroll him officially. Um, but the way we do school and unit studies and all of that, like it's a family affair. So he's already right in there with us. I mean, for that, so are my toddler, my three-year-old and my one-year-old. They're just in the midst of all of it. We just do it together and we make it fun and enjoyable and we just delight in learning together. Um, so he's right there along with us, but I have... Um, this semester really uh, started doing a little bit more specifically with him. Um, so he does have his own math book. We're working through a kindergarten math book. Um, we're working on some handwriting and some reading, a few things like that. Where like he'll join in with Eden with our language arts lesson, but then different pieces. Um, you know she'll be working on her sentence analysis, labeling her sentence parts, while I have him over and we're working on um, you know our, our grapheme cards and our sounds and reading words. So some of that is divided up, but he does join in a little bit more, um, in some of those things now, which has been really, really fun. It's been neat to see, um, what he has as his strengths, um, what he's really good at. We actually, uh, just recently, I think I shared this in the last podcast. We just recently finished up learning uh, about South America and he is just amazing at naming flags of countries. Like, I I cannot believe he's still four, um, about to turn five. But as a four-year-old, that he can remember all those country flags. It just, it blows my mind. Um, But anyway, I wanted to give a little bit about the calendar, uh, how things are here, and the ages of the kids, just to give you kind of a framework and context Um, of where I'm coming from as I share our curriculum, where we're at, the ages of our kids, the stages that my kids are at. Um, But from here, we're just going to jump right in. And I'm going to start with sharing kind of like our, our rhythm of school, what school looks like. And then I'll go specifically into our curriculum choices. So, um, our rhythm of school. So this has actually changed since moving here to Australia. You know, when I first started homeschooling, I loved the idea that we were free. Like we didn't have to have a routine, strict schedule, um, that, you know, oh, you have to start by this time. You have to be done by this time. Um, like I didn't like that, like constant rushing feeling, um, I remember that from my my elementary days, being in a Christian school, and like, oh my goodness, you know, five minutes to go, to the bathroom class is going to start. Class is going to start. Um, you know, oh, you got fifteen minutes to eat lunch. You better th- eat it really, really fast if you want to have any time to talk to your friends. I mean, I didn't really want that in our homeschooling. So for the beginning, for a long time, really until we moved here, we didn't have any. I mean, I had like an idea of what I wanted to get accomplished with each day, but I didn't have like a rhythm of this is what we do first, and this is what we do next, and this is how we progress through our day. Then as we came over here, we moved, we got settled, life was settling. I realized, especially as my daughter started getting a little bit older, school was getting a little more um, you know, involved, just some things that we really had to work on together, I Thought you know, I really, actually, I really prayed about it. and was like, Lord, you've got to give me um, clarity. You've got to give me wisdom on how I can make our days run smoother and and accomplish more. Because in a lot of ways, I just felt like we were kind of spinning our wheels, like uh, unsure what to do next, and that was wasting time. And um, so anyway, I I just felt like the Lord kept bringing me back to, you know, it's not a horrible thing to have a schedule or a routine or a rhythm or whatever you want to call it. Um, So I really started praying through that. I implemented something and it went so well. Like there was a little bit of an adjustment period, but um, my oldest thrived. And my other kids really started following suit, and, and I'm going to share with you kind of like what our homeschool morning looks like. We I did go ahead and just give time blocks. This is what we do from this time to this time. Now, if it's just going really, really well, and we're learning and they're loving it, like I don't be like, oh, it's 11:30, we have to stop because you know reading time is over at 11:30. We we fudge that a little bit if needed. Um, but as a general rule, this is the rhythm our, of our day. This is what comes next. They know to look forward to that. They know, um, you know, I I don't have to wonder and, and waste time transitioning from math to, to our gather round unit time, because I just know they're back to back or whatever. And I really realized that something that I thought was going to be kind of constricting uh, for me, wound up being so much more freeing. We get so much more accomplished in a concise amount of time, which allows us to open up other parts of the day. So let me just transition on that point. Okay, so we do school three days a week. Um, The fourth day, we, we do school technically kind of four days. Three days a week, I plan that... Lord willing, if you know, if I can at all help it, nothing else comes on the calendar on those three days. It really in the morning we're done by the afternoon. I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but those mornings are sacred. They are planned. Uh, they're planned for home and they're planned for school. We try not to interrupt that. Um, those three days of of following our rhythm, doing our learning, getting our lessons done. Then the afternoons are free, and then the fourth day of our school week tends to be kind of like an extra, like a catch-all if we didn't get something done. It falls on that day. Um, it tends to be a very heavy reading day for me. So not necessarily like reading lessons or reading curriculum, but just reading our read-alouds. Um, you know, maybe reading storybooks. We love uh, uh, Usborn books. So we'll pull those out. We have morning baskets, so we tend to lean heavier into morning basket time. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Or it could be a field trip day or an outside day where we're uh, collecting nature and doing some nature journaling. But it tends to be a little more of an open-ended, unstructured, kind of like an unschooling model day, day number four. Um, Then the fifth day of the week for us is a family day. That kind of is like a slash field trip day too because we're usually hiking somewhere, going to a museum. Um, you know, just, just doing something kind of like that. So that's our week. And then, you know, obviously we have our weekends, but that's kind of what our week looks like. But as far as our three days of like, this is structured school. And let me just throw in here, I've mentioned this before, but if you're listening and you're like, oh my goodness, how can kids learn what they need to learn in that, in only a couple days and just the morning hours. Let me recommend the book, The Four Hour School Day by Durinda Wilson. It is so good. I am learning that sometimes less is more, I'm um, especially as I'm in these little years. You know, I, I do not want them. I don't want them sitting in a desk from eight to three, moving from workbook to workbook, video lesson to video lesson. That works for some families. That's just not what we've chosen for our family. Um, I want them to be free to explore, to learn, to get outside, and um, to have the flexibility to to be a kid while also not um, neglecting the academic side because that is very important to me. And that is one of the things that I am delighting in so much as here we are. We've been in Australia for six months. Um, we've really been putting this to the test, seeing how this works for our family. And my kids are learning so, so much. Like when we sit down at dinner and they, dump all that they've learned on daddy for the day. I'm just sit back amazed like, wow, I am seeing the fruit of just day by day by day consistency. And I'm seeing the, the fruit of the fact that, you know what, we are accomplishing a lot in a smaller amount of time and it's opening up freedom for other things. So let me just walk you through what our morning looks like on those three days because um, I, I did make it a lot more structured on those days, Um, but it just, especially with my oldest, who is very logical, who is very detail driven, who just, she finds security in knowing the plan. Like she's the kid that's like two years old and comes to breakfast and you know, Cheerios falling out of the side of her mouth, mumbles, you know, what's the plan for today, mommy? I mean, she wants to know the plan. She's always been that way. So this has been so helpful for her. She knows the plan. It's actually posted beside her little school table that she works at. She knows what the day is. Um, so we just move through it. We enjoy it. We get it done and we move forward on to other things for the day. But this is what our school day rhythms look like. So 7 a.m., they wake up, and the kids do their morning routines. Now, what is the morning routine? For my oldest, that means that she gets dressed, she brushes her hair, she makes her bed, and she reads her Bible. She is reading well enough that she can read the Bible on her own. She has a little tracker that she is reading through the Psalms. So when she reads a Psalm, she colors in her little square for that day. Um, So she's working her way through the Psalms. My son, he cannot read yet. Uh, So his job is to get dressed and to make his bed. Same thing for my toddler. Um, she gets up. She's three. She is supposed to get dressed, and she is supposed to make her bed. Now, I said that on Instagram recently, and somebody messaged me, and they're like, I have a three-year-old, and I cannot get them to make their bed. Like, how do you get your three-year-old to make their bed? Well, it is not perfect. It is it is by far perfect, but for a three-year-old, she did a super awesome job. Like, if she can kind of straighten and smooth her blanket and get her pillow back where the pillow goes. We cheer, we clap, and we say, good job, you finished your morning routine. Um, So that's the morning routines. They do that from about 7 to 7.30. And if, if they're done, if they've gotten dressed, if they've made their bed, if they're ready to go for the day, then they just get to play and do whatever they want until 7.30, which is breakfast. So from 7.30 to 8.15, we have breakfast and family devotions. Most mornings, my husband is here for that. Um, some days with his school schedule, he has school two days a week. So sometimes he has to slip out a little bit before that time. Um, but usually he is home. So we eat our breakfast and then he leads us in our family worship time. Then that's over at 8 15. That's about the time of day where he slips out. He heads down to the city. He does his work. He does his ministry. Um, so he's out of the house right after that. So, um, we wrap up breakfast. We kind of clean up, do a quick cleanup, And then from 8.15 to 8.30, we do clean 15. I have two podcast episodes about that. I've talked about that so much on Instagram. I'll try to link those podcasts um, down in the show notes. But for 15 minutes, we clean. I'm not going to spend any more time delving into that go check out those past podcast episodes but 15 minutes the kids and I all divide and conquer and we clean a few things in the house after that from 8 30 to 9 my oldest practices the piano she's been taking piano lessons for two years now um so she does her piano practice while all the little ones just go back to playing usually you'll find Knox in his bedroom playing Legos and the little two are just they do a variety of things um But I usually try to kind of sit out with my daughter. We're still working on uh, some independence. Um, So I kind of sit out there with her, kind of work her through her lesson, make sure she's staying on track. I'm usually folding laundry or doing something like that. Um, But that is piano practice time. Then 9 o'clock starts kind of like our official everybody together school morning. So from 9 o'clock to 9.30, we do Bible time. And I'm going to share all of our curriculum in just a second. I'm just going to finish going through this. So 9 to 9.30, we have Bible. 9.30 to 10.15, we do language, language arts. Um, then from 10.15 to 10.45, we have a break. We have an outside time. Uh, my, okay, so let me rewind just a hair. My baby goes to sleep. Um, right after Bible. So all four kids are there for the Bible lesson. Then I put my baby down for a nap. We do 45 minutes of language arts. Then after that, uh, the older three go outside, baby's still napping. So they have to go outside, like unless it's raining. Um, Sometimes they kind of don't want to, but I'm like, nope, it's morning time. You need to go get your sunshine, go outside and play. And usually even if they were reluctant at first, they're, you know, can we please not come inside? So they get their thirty minutes of outside time, and it's great for me because sometimes, actually, most days, um, I don't really get up before seven. I'm, I'm, I just I'm either pregnant or I'm nursing a baby. It's just been my life for the past forever, uh, really. And so it's, I struggle to get up in the morning and do my devotional time early before the kids get up. So this is my devotional time. They go outside. I sit down at the kitchen table. I spend my time with the Lord. I enjoy a cup of tea. Um, So that happens from 10.15 to 10.45. Then I call them back in at 10.45. We all gather around the dining room table. Um, Baby gets up at 11, so she kind of gets up in the middle of this portion. Um, But I've prepared for them a little snack. So they eat their snack. We do our gather round unit, which kind of is like our main... Uh, chunk of our homeschooling that, that you know, that covers almost all of the subjects are interwoven into those unit studies. Um, but they tend to be kind of heavier, maybe a little heavier science, heavier history. Um, and I'll talk about that lineup in just a minute. But we do our gather round from 1045 to 1130. So um, we're listening to our lesson. I'm reading the lesson. We're doing our worksheets, working through our activities, eating snack, um, toddlers coloring her little paper, Babies in her high chair with us eating her snack. Then from 11.30 to 12, we do math. Knox's math takes me like five minutes. So while Eden's doing kind of her independent math review, uh, I'm working with him, doing his math. Then I jump back over, finish up with her. While I'm finishing up with her, the littles can run and go play and have their free time. Then uh, we get back together around 12 o'clock. We do our morning basket time. That's usually from like 12 to 12.20-ish. So about 20 minutes of that. Then from 1220 to 1245, the kids are kind of just tidying up the house, picking up things. I We have a robot vacuum. Thank goodness. It's such a blessing. Um, so after lunch, I always run the vacuum. So they pick up the floor, make sure that the toys or anything that they drug out during the day um, is put away. I have a whole episode coming on clutter and tidying and how you manage a house with little kids. Um, but let me just give a sneak peek. I found that having tidy points throughout my day is so helpful. One, um, because throughout the day, the house is getting tidied, not like deep cleaned, but just picked up. But two, I also know all morning that I don't have to stress about the mess because we have a planned tidy time coming. So if I'm walking over toys, if there's stuff all out in the living room, like it's okay, the kids are playing. And and as you see throughout my day, because I still have like young, young ones, um, they're, they're with us, we do Bible together, then they're off playing during language arts. Um, you know, Then they're outside. Then they come in. We do gather around together. But then while we do math, the little ones are off playing again. So we just keep the toys out. It's fine. It's okay. I'm, I'm all right with that because we have this tidy point right before lunch. So they clean up. Uh, then we do lunch. Lunch is at 1245. Um, it's usually just a quick, easy lunch. We always listen to our True Seekers podcast episode. We're working our way through the stories of the Bible, listening to our True Seekers episode. We love that podcast. I'll link that in the show notes. I can't recommend that enough. Um, it is not KJV. So we do tend to skip Uh, every now and then she'll have a uh, episode on praying the scripture because it isn't the scripture version that we would use and it's very uh, heavily emphasized. Um, We just usually kind of skip over those, but the Bible story ones are so, so, so good. We really enjoy those and it's something fun to have to, to have to listen to while we're eating our lunch. Um, Then by 1.30, we transition our day into quiet time from 1.30 to 3. It's quiet time, the younger two nap. Um, usually my son is either just playing or sometimes he'll have book time, um, which usually means that he starts reading, you know, looking at books. He can't read yet. Looking at books in his bed and he winds up falling asleep. Um, and then my oldest has a few things that she does. She always does a 15 minute, at least 15 minutes. It often goes longer of reading time in the afternoon. And then she has a few afternoon um, little activities that she has to pick from. I kind of have a, a list of a couple different things. Um, she has like a little piano note uh, review game on my phone that she can choose to do. Um, we're doing some typing lessons from get, or the good and the beautiful. Um, she can do that. We have a little creative writing page. She does one of those a week. Um, she has some math worksheets, just some like practice. If I if I actually make those. So if I notice that she's struggling with something in math, I tend to throw them on a little like uh, just worksheet that I create create and she does that none of those in and of themselves take more than like 10 minutes tops so she's really between with her reading and then picking two of those activities maybe like 45 minutes ish she's doing those but these are activities that she really enjoys not the math practice so much um but she loves doing her typing lessons. She loves doing her piano note game. Um, she loves doing her creative writing. Like those are things that she would choose to do anyway. Um, so she does a little bit of that during her quiet time. And then she's free. She can go outside. She can do whatever she wants. We get everybody up at 3. And then we just have our free time. And I shared a lot of that more heavily in an episode I did recently on our rhythms of home. So I'm just going to wrap it up there as far as our schedule goes. But I wanted to kind of show you kind of the outline. I'll, again, I'll talk about that more in the next episode as I talk about homeschooling with babies and toddlers on why I have structured my day in the way that I have. It hasn't always looked like that. I, I We do something and I tweak it and I, we try that for a little bit and I tweak it. But I, I really think where we are at right now is working for us so so well. It's a good mix of sit down. We're all together. We need to be still. You need to listen. You need to learn. And then the next thing is, is a very active, engaging, or they're getting outside and they're running around and we're coming back. We're calming down. We're eating snack. Um, so I feel like a lot of thought. A lot of prayer, a lot of preparation went into this rhythm, um, and it's working for us. We are thriving on that, and I'm so, so thankful because it's a direct answer to our prayers. So here's probably the part of the episode that you're actually here for. Sorry it took me so long to get off the runway. But this is our curriculum lineup for this year. Now that you know our schedule, our structure, how we do everything, um, I'm going to go back just subject by subject and just bullet point through what we're using, what we're enjoying. I already said we do not use like a uh, um, a boxed, um, you know, like we don't just buy like a Becca or Bob Jones or one of those boxed curriculum sets. Um, I like getting the privilege and the opportunity to handpick what we use. We're always tweaking this. We're always kind of fine tuning this, but for the next uh, till the end of the year, this is pretty for sure and for certain what we will be using, what we will uh, be going through. So up first is Bible. Bible is so much fun. Uh, Let me throw one more thing in here. I I keep thinking of all these things. Oh my goodness, there's just so much. Um, I mentioned in the last episode that there was going to be a a YouTube video of each one of these different subjects, of us doing these lessons, showing you our resources. The Bible one hasn't happened yet. Um, Life is crazy for us right now and my husband does all of that and he's been so busy so it's coming soon I'll share all that on my social media um the no hire calling email a newsletter has actually relaunched. So be sure you go to my website, org. sign up for that. That way you won't miss anything. I do plan to go through each one of these subjects, giving a, a YouTube video of what we use, um, inside look of what that looks like, and then clips of us doing those lessons. So you can get like a very visual picture. Um, anyway, Bible is coming. It's already recorded. It's just, we got to put it all together and actually get it on YouTube. Um, but Bible is a super fun part of our day. I love starting it that way. We sing, we clap, um, we just delight in the Lord and in learning about him. So these are some of the resources that we're really enjoying using. And I don't use all of these, uh, every day, uh, we use a combo. We kind of pick and choose. Sometimes conversation just gets deep. My kids have been asking some deep questions about the Bible, about God. And so I, you know what? If if all we get done is answer their questions, I'm fine with that. Um, but this is the, the resource um, selection that I choose from as I'm rotating through these things. So first up would be the Children of Character cards put out by, drumroll, none other than No Higher Calling. Um, these are great. Like... I struggle so much. I know that I, I wrote these. So sometimes I feel really awkward promoting something and like acting like it's, it's amazing. You know, I love talking about other people's resources and how amazing and like life changing they've been for our family. But when it's my, like I'm blushing right now, I just, I, I get embarrassed. Um, but, but the Lord really just gave me the words to put on these cards and I am loving using them with my kids. Um, as we just try to learn more about godly character These have been such a blessing to our home which is my my original intent in creating them is just to create them for my own children it's an added bonus that they're available to you um so check that out if you want to on the no higher calling shop at, again at nohighercalling.org i'll link that down in the show notes we're loving the children of character cards and um, we're also using my hymn study great hymns for growing hearts we use that more during our family worship time but i said that we sing a lot during bible so oftentimes we're singing through those hymns that we're learning to kind of keep those fresh in our mind we are using the answers for kids set. Um, This is a little book series done by Answers in Genesis that is like creation, Genesis apologetics. It just kids could submit questions and then they answer that from the Bible. Um, So there could be things like, well, how did dinosaurs fit on the ark? Um, You know, did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Like just Questions that kids would ask um, answered from the Bible. We've really enjoyed going through those. Um, We've been going through the indescribable devotional um, book that is really centered on science, seeing God in science. So we'll go through that. We're working through The 24 Family Ways by Sally Clarkson. This is really emphasizing godly character within the family. Now, at this point, I'm not actually going through all the devotional. I have just printed The 24 Ways. And we're working on memorizing those. Um, So they're just kind of almost like a catechism type thing. Um, But they're in all different areas of, of, okay, authority, possessions, work. What does our family do? Um, For example, um, in Authority, it's, we love and obey our Lord Jesus Christ with wholehearted devotion. We read the Bible and pray to God every day with an open heart. We honor and obey our parents and the Lord with a respectful attitude. Um, We just have little sayings like that that we go through in treating others. Um, We encourage one another using only words that build up and bless others. We're working on memorizing those. And that's been really helpful in my parenting as I have to correct and come and, and, discipline, um, I, I usually try to remind them like, hey, you know, we we encourage one another using only words that build up and bless others. Did you use encouraging words? And then I try to always share a scripture verse. I don't want to like lean on man's words and not God's words, so I couple those two things together. Hey, in our family, we encourage one another, we build up, we bless. You know, um, the Bible says, "Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying." So this all is kind of interwoven, interconnected into the fabric of our family. I'm um, trying to teach them and instruct them in righteousness. Then the and the last thing is a Sunday school sing-along done by Patch the Pirate. It just has a lot of great songs in there that, you know, sometimes in the moment... I'm like, man, I've sang like Bible songs since I can remember, but I can't remember any of the songs. So it's nice to have that book to quickly pull out and be like, oh, yeah, we're going to sing, you know, Jonah or, um, you know, I'm in right, out, right, out, right, in right, out, right, upright, down, right, happy all the time. So it's nice to have that as a resource. Also, let me throw in here I have done a blog post that has all of this written out, all of the links, everywhere that you can find these things. It will be down in the show notes. It'll be all over my social media um, so that if you're like listening to, me ramble at 90 miles an hour, know that you can go back and find the blog and find everything and uh, have that as an easily referenceable thing. All right, next up, man, I got to move faster. Next is language arts. Okay, so we have several different portions to language arts. Like I said, with Bible, these don't always happen every day, um, but we try to tick as many of these boxes as we can while also giving solid time to each one. So the first one up is handwriting. Usually I transition the kids to handwriting because that gives me a chance to like... Okay, wrap up Bible, get the toddler settled with her activity for language arts, put the baby down for a nap, and then come back to the kids. So they get to rotate on picking uh, what composer they want to listen to while they do their handwriting. Usually Knox is like 99.9% always going to pick Mozart, and Eden 99.9% of the time is always going to pick Beethoven. For some reason, those are just their favorites. Um, But we listen to that composer music while they do their handwriting. Eden is using uh, the handwriting from The Good and the Beautiful. She is... uh, almost done with level three. Like I think she has three or four sheets left of level three. Then she'll be transitioning to level four. She is a bit advanced for that because we skipped some of those first levels because we decided to do cursive first. So I skipped like level one and two because that was very much print focused. We just skipped straight ahead to the cursive and it's worked totally fine for us. Um, so she does that for her handwriting for Knox. Um, I actually have like a little Montessori hand, a uh, sand tray. So it's like a little wooden tray that has sand in it. It has a little wooden pencil. And so I will write on the board, a cursive letter of the alphabet. We're working on the lowercase letters right now. And then, uh, he is practicing tracing those on his sand board. So that's going really well. And he loves using it. You know, I mean, goodness, he gets to play with sand. Why wouldn't he like handwriting? Um, so that's working really well for him to kind of have a little more of a tactile way of working on his handwriting. Um, and it's great, too, because at his age, and I think being a boy, Eden was a little more advanced in her handwriting at this stage. But it's very difficult for him to like hold a pencil and to try to uh, write with a pencil. So the, the pencil for the sand tray is a little more chunky, and he can write in bigger letters in the sand tray. Sometimes we switch and we will do his finger. He will trace it with his finger. Um, so that that's going really well. I We recently just started doing that with him. Um, and we're enjoying that. Next up, we do poetry. So we've been memorizing poetry. We memorized already. Um, All Things Bright and Beautiful by Cecil Francis Alexander. We're currently working on My Shadow by Robert Louis Stevenson. They're loving that one. That one's a lot of fun. Then after that, we will be working on Sea Fever by John Macefield. Uh, That's going to correspond with one of the units that we're doing. And then we're going to wrap up the year with a Christmas unit. I'll talk about all of our unit studies in just a second, but we're going to do Stopping by Woods on a Snowy Evening by Robert Frost, which made me laugh because by the time that we're learning that, even though, yes, it will be Christmas time in the end of the year, we're going to be in Australia and it's going to be like 120 degrees. uh, So it's not going to feel like we're stopping by woods on a snowy evening, but oh, well, it'll just play into the aesthetics of the season. So that's our poetry lineup. Um, and, you know, I, I get people asking, me like, how do your kids memorize scripture? How do they memorize poetry? I have a whole episode coming soon on memorizing scripture. But we just, bit by bit, uh, work on it, say it over and over and over, repeat it all throughout our day. We're very animated. I do lots of hand motions. Um, and and they're sponges. Man, they can just learn so, so quickly. Um, So for spelling slash reading instruction, um, we're in a little bit of a transition actually with this and with grammar. For the past year, Eden has been working with a student from Crown College of the Bible, which is where Simeon and I graduated from. Um, One of the instructors there has taken the Orthon-Gillingham Spell to Write and Read method which is just phenomenal. Um, and she would agree. She would agree. It is so, so good. Um, but as she has really invested her life into that method, uh, she has tweaked it a little bit, brought um, simplified some things, and brought in a lot more Bible and scripture. And she has re- kind of redone some of those ideas, incorporating her own ideas, and has put that as the reading lamp. Um, so I was an education major. I was secondary ed English, specifically for the reason that I was so daunted by the idea of teaching a child to read. I did take some of this instructor's classes. I knew Spell to Write and Read was the most logical approach from everything that I have seen to teaching children reading. Um it is just it's it's so so there are 70 graphemes, which is basically letter sounds. You've got your individual letters and then you've got what some phonic curriculums would call like blends. Um, but it's all the sounds, all 70 of the sounds. And then you just have your most basic rules that apply to language. And you teach that in a very systematic, um, very, very uh, logical way. And you present that. Um, but I, it had been a while since I had those classes. So we had the tutor come in to teach Eden slash refresh me. Um, and in a year, Eden literally went from reading nothing to reading at a fifth grade level, like mind boggling. She can read so, so well. Her spelling is still, uh, we're working on that. Um, bringing that up. But now we're in a transition. I say all that to say, um, you know, the, the tutor was talking to me. She's the sweetest girl ever. She's such a blessing to our family, but we've been doing virtual lessons. That's a little bit difficult to do this type of instruction virtually. So we're having kind of some hurdles with that. Um, but she also was like, look, the reality is you have a lot of kids. And you want to teach all of them in this method. But it's going to be really expensive if you pay a tutor to teach all of your kids. So she's like, why don't I stop teaching Eden? And I'm at the point where Eden's level, I can can pick up and continue on with her. Um, So she's like you take over with Eden, kind of what you've been doing. I was reinforcing throughout the week anyway. Um, She's like, and let me train you. Let me answer your questions. Let me kind of take you the next couple levels. So that's what we're in the process of doing. She's preparing for that. Um, We're on a little hiatus. I'm really working with Eden. And then the tutor is actually going to tutor me in how to teach your reading better and more effectively. Um, But for right now, for our reading and spelling, that's kind of the method that we're using, that spell-to-write-and-read method. Um, so for our reading, for our literature, we have a Usborn copy of Aesop's Fables. So Eden is reading those to us. She's just going through, reading them after they finish reading. Um, her and Knox take turns narrating the story back to me. What happened? Sometimes we uh, act it out. We role-play. You know, okay, you're going to be the crane, and you're going to be the crow, and, you know, go, go back through the story without looking. Can you say your part? can you do what they did next trying to work on that I'm um, reading comprehension in a really fun way um Spelling, I'm just kind of working with her on some spelling words, memorizing some spelling rules. Uh, Grammar, the tutor had started implementing some um, parts of speech, uh, parts of the sentence, sentence labeling, really kind of using uh, the Shirley English method, I guess, of labeling the sentence, asking questions, prompting yourself through every word of the sentence. So I have picked up with that. Um, that's what we're currently doing. I'm introducing the different uh, parts of speech and things like that. I have a plan of something else that we're going to do come this next semester, um, starting in 2024, but we're not there yet. And that's not what the point of this episode. So I will wait and share later, but that's what we're doing right now for language arts. Okay. Up next, we have our unit studies. So this is kind of the meat of our homeschooling. Um, it's so funny. I never really would have thought that I would be a unit study person. But having so many kids, so close in age, it just made sense. Why would I divide everybody up into their own little cubicle, learning something different, when we can all gather together and enjoy learning things together? And, and that has been so great. So, we've been using Gather Around Homeschool for a while now. Absolutely love it. I love Rebecca Spooner's heart for education, for children, for Christ. It has blessed our home time and time again. So unit studies, we just wrapped up South America and over the next, uh, kind of couple months to the end of the year, this is our lineup. So we're going to be doing dinosaurs. We're currently doing dinosaurs. Actually, this is more of a science heavy unit. Um, so I have a teacher guide. Actually, some of their units have an MP3 reading of the teacher guide and it has sound effects and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so we're listening to that with dinosaurs. We're listening to the lesson, we're doing our worksheets, we're doing our activities, it has corresponding coloring pages, so my toddler's coloring, um, my son's doing the pre-reader level, Eden's doing the early elementary, and we are learning so much. It has prompted so many good discussions about creation and God and dinosaurs and evolution and what um, other people believe. You know, our, our kids are pretty sheltered, they're young, I mean, they're homeschooled, they're in church, um, But that does not keep them from the exposure of the idea of evolution. I mean, it's in books, it's in TV, it's in museums, everywhere you go. Um, So it's brought in some really good conversations of comparing and looking at the data, looking at the evidence, looking at the proof, and seeing it lines up with the Bible. Every time it lines up with the Bible. Um, So we're doing dinosaurs. These units, doing a three-day school week, the units take us between six and eight weeks. Um, So we're currently working through dinosaurs. After that, we're going to try something different um, because I needed an extra unit to fill in. I did not have one that I had already purchased from Gather Round. And I saw that the Good and the Beautiful was offering their marine biology unit um, free as a free download. So I was like, Hey, free. Yeah, sure. We'll give it a try. Um, so we'll be doing marine biology. I think that's shorter that might have 10 or 12 lessons. Don't quote me on that. I can't remember. Um, but we're going to do marine biology working through that. We've already done oceans from, uh, the, uh, from Gather Around Homeschool, but that was like a year or two ago. Um, so we're going to be working through marine biology. Then we're back to Gather uh for a history unit. We will be doing U.S. History 2, Rise to Independence. We've already done History U.S. History 1. So moving on to U.S. History 2, I'm talking about the War for Independence, 1700s, all of that period in history. Then we will wrap up the school year doing the Bible unit study on the first Christmas. Now, like I said, even though I say these are like science, this is history, this is Bible, uh, everything else is incorporated. Uh, The first Christmas is a little unique because it's a Christmas unit. It's a little more um, hands-on, family activity, very much Bible-centric. But the history one, and and dinosaurs especially, I mean, it's bringing in language arts. It's bringing in writing instruction. It's bringing in history, bringing in so many different things like that. Um, But that's our unit study lineup. That's what the plan is uh, to carry us through the end of the year. Then we have math. We are using the good and the beautiful for math. I have absolutely loved um, using their math curriculum. It's beautiful, it's well done. Each level comes with this really nice wooden box that has all these manipulatives in it. My kiddos love anytime they pull those out and get to work hands on with those visual math things. Um, Eden is over halfway through math two Knox just started math K so we're really enjoying that let me I'm not gonna dive into this but somebody's gonna ask me because I get asked all the time I know that the good and the beautiful um has ties to kind of a, a Mormon ideology um I have dug deep into looking into that and looking into people's opinions on that I have, scoured our curriculum choices, looking for that in the curriculum that we've chosen from The Good and the Beautiful, and I have never seen that come across. Um, Just because I get messages on all the time, I thought I'd just go ahead and address the elephant in the room in case that's something that you're thinking about. I would always encourage you to pray about your homeschool curriculum choices, talk with your husband, look through it yourself. If it's something that you're not comfortable with, don't move forward. Um, But I have never seen that come through in the things that we've used. Now, what we use from The Good and the Beautiful primarily has just been handwriting, math, and typing. So you're not really going to see that come through. The marine biology will be the first, like, science unit that we've used. Um, But everything else, it's been fine. I haven't noticed anything. Just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who might be asking Okay, so then next up, we end our day with morning basket time. So I'm going to link an episode that I did talking about morning basket, what it is. Basically, it's a basket, <laughs> and uh, ours actually kind of happens after noon, um, It can happen any time of the day, but it's just a basket of resources that as you have time, you're cycling through these. You're just working through. Um, So it tends to be kind of a feast of several different genres of books, uh, different things that we go through. This changes as my kids get older, as interests change. I try to keep this new and fresh when I had little ones. A lot of morning basket time was little poems and finger plays and songs and puppets. Now that they're a little bit older, we're getting into some books. I still try to throw in a picture book or two, you know, for my toddler. Um, But some of these things that we're rotating through, again, not going through all of this every day. Um, But hey, we have 20 minutes, so we're just going to pick up a book. We're going to pick up the next book. Um, And as we rotate, you know, I read this one, it goes in the back of the stack. So next time, this one's in the front, Um, just to kind of get us rotating through some things. So for my younger, well, my middle two, Knox and Ivy, the five and three-year-old, I have started going through the teacher guide of Gather Rounds kindergarten curriculum. Now we're not doing all the worksheets, we're not doing all that because you know, they do the rest of the stuff with us. But I'm just reading. The teacher guides are really short. I mean, I can read it in 5 minutes. There's four of them. They're all themed. There's burrows and holes at the pond. Um, ice and snow and on the savannah so we're in burrows and holes right now it's just a quick little reading we've been learning about soil we've been learning about earthworms Um, it has three little quick questions and then it has a little bible section so in burrows and holes it's emphasizing proverbs and wisdom and foolishness and um, so just to do something a little bit specifically for them on their level um, I'm going through that and again that's like five minutes tops so that's been great. And um, then some other things that we're rotating through with our morning basket would be Food Anatomy by Julia Rothman. That's just a really fun, interesting, beautiful visual. Um, so many beautiful illustrations about everything you could think of about food. So we're slowly working our way through that. Um, we're reading through the story of the world, volume two by Susan Wise Bauer. We did volume one last year. Um, so we're working through volume two, just as a little bit of added history just a chapter here and there. Elementary Geography by Charlotte Mason. Again, short, simple, sweet little geography lessons. And that also couples with Geography from A to Z, a picture glossary by Jack Knowlton. Um, We just pick a word. Uh, You know, it could be a peninsula and it'll show you a picture of a peninsula and give a little brief definition and we talk about it for a minute. Um, So that's kind of our morning basket rotation. And then sometimes our read aloud will fall in your morning basket if we have time. Sometimes this comes later in the afternoon. Um, But I just finished reading Heinz Feet on High Places by Hannah Hernard to my children. Fabulous book. I loved that. Um, and then the two that we're currently kind of working through would be Anne of Green Gables by Ellen Montgomery. I'm so excited to get to introduce Anne to my children. And then we are reading the Christian heroes then and now Elizabeth Elliot by Jana and Jeff Benj. Um, and then Simeon reads to them in the evenings before bed. He just finished Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. And they are currently reading through the original Peter Pan by J.M. Barry. So that's it. That is homeschooling in a really big nutshell. I'm sorry it took so long, but it was a lot to cover. Uh, Hopefully that was interesting. Again, all of this is going to be on the blog, so you can reference all of that. Uh, More coming out uh, visually on the YouTube channel, hopefully soon and over the next uh, couple weeks. Um, But thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I talk about homeschooling forever, um, but I get that you don't have that much time. So we're going to wrap it out here, but I look forward to joining you ladies next time. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at No nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to follow more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.